You are listening to Embodied, Empowered, Engaged, a podcast for women. I'm your host, Mackenzie Eason, self-love coach, part mermaid, and full believer in the power of healing disconnect. Through honest storytelling, personal inquiry, and vulnerability, we explore what it takes to truly inhabit ourselves and engage in life with true heart and service. This podcast serves as an antidote for the tendency to mask, bypass, avoid, or disassociate from parts of ourselves and each other. If you crave the realness, connection, and nourishment in the sometimes messy process of coming into yourself, this is the place for you. If you're vibing with the show, be sure to follow me on Instagram for updates at Kenzie Ma Eason, K-E-N-Z-I-E-M-A-E-A-S-O-N, and also grab your free guided self-love meditation at KenzieEason.com. You can also now become a supporting member of the podcast fam at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Embodied Empowered Engaged. Okay, those are the deets. Now take a big breath in and enjoy today's episode. Madison Headland is an international award-winning life coach and speaker who helps women own their story, step out of fear and shame, and come alive to their most vibrant, confident selves. Known for her soulful spirit, both online and in person, she brings authenticity, power, and creativity into all she does. Whether she's working one-on-one with clients, facilitating a workshop, or speaking to a large group, it is Madison's deepest desire to see women step up to their very best and truly come alive. All right. So welcome, everyone, to this episode. Um, I have with us Madison Headland. Um, I'm... Really, I mean, I always feel this with the interviews, but I've been really looking forward to connecting with you, Madison, and have been following your work on Instagram and just really vibe with the, your message and your work. And I'm just so excited to drop in with you today. So thank you for saying yes. I know it sounds like you just moved and you have a very full schedule. So thank you for taking the time and welcome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I checked out your work and it just felt super aligned. Like our communities felt really similar and mm. our hearts felt really similar. So it, it felt really good to say yes. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I begin each episode with a little drop-in time. So it's an opportunity for you and I to just get really present, see what's alive for us right now. And then also for anyone who's listening for this to be a little invitation for them to just to see what's present and we'll I'll guide us through a little bit and then there'll be an opportunity for each of us to share just a couple words of sensations or thoughts, feelings, things that we notice. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So wherever you are right now, just take a couple big deep breaths. Closing your eyes if that feels good. If you're sitting or laying down, just knowing what, noticing what's underneath you or behind you that's supporting you. And taking a couple more big breaths. Maybe this is the first pause you've had in your day today. It's the time for the momentum to stop. Take a pause. And start to notice from the top of your head and then trickling down to your toes. Starting to observe, get curious, uh, what 
is alive in your body right now, whether that's thoughts or sensations, feelings, numbness, all the things starting to take stock here, including the front of your body, the back, sides, little nooks and crannies. Having your awareness trickle down your belly, your pelvis, and down your legs. And again, staying as curious and as loving as you can, just seeing what's here. And Madison, I will go back and forth and I'll start first. Um, what I am noticing in my life and in my body today, I'm noticing there's like a little kind of buzzing sensation, uh, kind of a certain like yeah, buzz that's happening. I, I ran a little this morning in the for the first time in like <laughs> I don't know, like five years. <laughs> and so I feel I feel like this, yeah, this buzz that's just kind of moving through after all that energy just kind of got shaken up in a really good way. And <sighs> I feel a little tightness around the corners of my eyes. And I feel hmm. yeah, there's a sense of um how hmm, to describe it. Yeah, there's just a sense of openness in my chest and space, uh, which feels really nice because it's been having these kind of heavy waves recently. So there just feels like space and that feels really, really awesome. Hmm. Hmm. Beautiful. Should I just go ahead and share? Yeah, yeah, whatever you noticed. Yeah, that was beautiful. I've never had anyone do that on a podcast before, which I think is so cool. So I feel really grateful that you created the container for that, um, mm. which is often not the case with you know jumping on a podcast with someone and diving right in. Um, there's usually a lot of like up energy. Um, and I'm, I'm a very mind person and very like ethereal kind of person and uh, sharp mm -hmm. in a way. And um, the ability to ground into my body is actually something I'm presently working on. So I feel very grateful for the opportunity to do that as I had not done that before the call. I had not gotten grounded. Um, I noticed just so much warmth um, in my hands and in my feet and just comfort and ease. And um, the past couple of weeks, I, you know, I, I kind of got sick. And then I had this random week of hives and going to the ER. And then I moved. And it's so interesting. Um, after the hives cleared, and I, I got sick again after the hives cleared. And um, they cl it cleared with such a clarity of mind and such a groundedness of presence. Mm -hmm. 
in the moving. It's been so interesting. I feel so grounded and so right where I'm supposed to be and very open and expectant in a way that um, I've never been. There isn't an anxiety attached to it. There isn't a worry or like that. Um, almost like fluttering away from myself is kind of how I would describe my normal state of being just like Uh on to the next thing and fluttering away. And I just feel a sense of that, um, energy of that, but also with a lot of groundedness, which is new for me. I will say I, Mm. people would describe me as down to earth, but not very grounded. (laughs) So, um, I'm feeling grateful. Totally relate. In the ability Mm. to like, um, presently notice it. So thank you for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My joy. And I can totally, totally relate to that. And I, I, my uh, partner and I describe the phrase called transition turbulence and it feel like it, you know, so much energy moves, especially when there's a big physical move, you know, and it's just Mm -hmm. like, it can show up as hives and all sorts of things, but there's a, there's like a wisdom to it, even though it can be like, really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there were so many hiccups because we moved and then right before we, well, right before we moved, uh, I got the hives and we thought maybe it was mold in the house that we were moving into. And so they had to do oh. all these mold tests and everything got delayed. So it was just so, so weird. But, um, we've been in this house since I graduated, uh, the old house since I graduated college. Like I was still in college when we moved in. Mm. And so, um, so much, I mean, like everything has changed since then. So it really is like a really cool closing of a chapter and a closing of who my husband and I were when we moved into that house. And we are truly, I mean, we believe different things. We are completely different people doing completely different things and still together, but completely different. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I so get that. Yeah, I have goosebumps when you describe that. I think I just feel the... Yeah, the magnitude and how powerful that is. And um, this feels just like a perfect segue. So it just sounds like you've been on such a journey and so much has changed over the years. And I would love to hear a little bit about if you want to speak to a little bit about the work that you do in the world and like your journey of, of landing there, whether that's just the work you've been doing or your personal process of transformation, like whatever feels like really alive for you to touch into. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to share. I love talking about my work um, because it is, um, I feel like I'm really owning for the first time that it's like what I'm here to do. Mm. I I really do feel that. Um, not necessarily coaching. I'm a coach. Um, and I don't, whenever I say I'm here to do it, I don't mean coaching, but I mean the message of what I'm teaching and what I'm sharing and what I'm helping women come into and what the heart behind my message is like truly helping women, usually creative type women, women who are deeply connected to something bigger than themselves, be it a dream or spirituality or their creativity. I'm helping ambitious, creative, connected women take radical responsibility, develop a sense of resilience in themselves and like step into what they're here to do. Truly. And a lot of that comes down to self-worth and a lot of that comes down to boundaries and really owning who the, who they're here to be, what they're here to do, and then how to communicate that to the world. So um, it's so cool. I do that through one-on-one coaching, which I'm taking significantly less spots than ever for that as my 
program called Awaken Her Soul has really taken off and um, it's a 12 week program. So I, I take women through a self-guided like group coaching experience and then also one-on-one coaching and yeah. So how I came to that work. So, you know, it's so funny as a little kid, I wasn't raised in a really religious like environment, um, but I always felt really connected to spirit or something bigger. Like as a little girl, I drew on the walls, a picture of God. And my mom like, was like, you can't draw on the walls. And I'm like, well, it's God. You can't add <laughs> at me. So, right. <laughs> so maybe I should have been a lawyer because I'm really good at arguing. But even at age 12, I was kind of introduced to Christianity. Uh, my, my father went to prison when I was eight and he became an evangelical through that experience. And so, um, that's kind of, that was my introduction to religion was Mm. his evangelicalism. And I would go to his house on the weekends. So it's not like I was there a lot. It was a very minimal introduction, but I really liked the idea of grace and unapologetic acceptance. Um, my home life wasn't the best and there was a lot of verbal and psychological like gaslighting and manipulative abuse in the house I grew up in. Mm. And this idea of love from a father figure from God felt like something I really needed. And I mean, I was just really radical from a young age. Like we weren't Catholic, but I was like, I'm fasting for Lent. And my mom's like, we're not Catholic. (laughs) Like, Why are you doing this? Um, So I kind of, I like really thrusted myself into religion early and by middle, like late middle school and high school, I was leading the, you know, the flag, the pole, what's it called? The meet you at the flag or meet you at the pole events at school and Bible studies. And so like that was something that my parents didn't force upon me, but was something I like radically chose for myself, um, in middle school and high school and then in early college. But, um, Underneath of that, like I, I seemed, you know, really positive and happy, but underneath, obviously I was choosing those things because there was a lot of abuse at home, um, a lot of unhealthy patterns I was learning. And, you know, my, one of my parents was mentally ill part of my childhood. So I just didn't learn healthy ways of existing in the world at home. I, I just didn't. And my parents are amazing. I have, I mean, good relationships with them now, but, um, they would say as well that it wasn't healthy growing up and we're all still learning how to function together as a family. So in college, I thrusted myself, I moved to Southwest Missouri um, and thrusted myself in a very, very extreme version of Christianity and everything was wrong. Everything was bad, you know, no drinking, no sex. Like it was just Mm. very, very legalistic and extreme. And part of me loved the stability of that. And loved because I mean, my father had been an alcoholic and I had seen unhealth. So I went to the exact opposite extreme. Right, right. With my religion. And I went to school. I was going to be a sex therapist. Again, if you knew my childhood, of course, I was going to be a sex therapist. Like I wanted to heal the things within myself through religion and through psychology and find answers. Like I didn't know that's what I was doing. Of course, we don't, like it was all unconscious, but I was looking for answers. And by the time I graduated college, I had gotten married um, in college, really, really young, as you do in Southwest Missouri, whenever you're not allowed to have sex, you're married. And, <laughs> um, and I love my husband, like we're still married, but that was definitely our life back then. 
And I graduated college, decided not to get my master's yet. And I was just like, I, I felt really lost. Like I, I was falling into depression and I really didn't like who I was being. And, um, a friend of mine, you know, I started church hopping at that point. I was like, something's not right at this church. And then something's not right at this church. And I, I couldn't, I didn't realize it was the system. <laughs> I thought it was just like, maybe if I just choose a different church or different friends, or I, I just couldn't put my finger on what it was. And I started going to therapy and basically my past broke itself open and I was being asked to heal it. I, at that point I was having, I had severe acne. I was having chronic pain. I was having, um, in, you know, endometriosis, fibromyalgia, all these things run in my family. And, um, like every woman in my family for generations is medicated for mental illness or, and for autoimmune disorders. So I was just like, Oh my God, like, I don't, I don't want that to be my path. So I, started finding, you know, nutrition. And then I started going into therapy for myself. And within six months of therapy, I kid you not, like all of my physical symptoms were gone. My acne was gone. And at the same time, it was like a veil was lifted. Like all of a sudden my spirituality didn't work anymore. And I still believed all the same things like in my mind but all of a sudden, like my relationship to them and to everyone around me had shifted. And I, it, even my husband, like it was just nothing was the same. And um, at that point, I was healthier than ever. And I was basically like, I want to help people. I, I want to, you know, basically I, I knew about coaching because of my, my degree and because of um, learning about nutrition. And at that point, I was like, I feel like I'm in a healthy enough state to start coaching people. And, um, I'm like missing huge chunks of this story, obviously, but right. <laughs> uh, I had wanted to be a life coach for a while, but felt like I needed to be in a really healthy place. So I, you know, spent that next year after that six month of, months of intense healing, hiring a coach, becoming certified in coaching. And it, all of this is a whirlwind because after that, my faith unraveled and so much changed in my life. My business grew so fast, um, like so, so fast. Um, I feel like I'm just now finding my footing <laughs> after I was like, what the heck happened? Um, so that surprisingly is the short version, but, um, right. The cliff notes. <laughs> I came to this work and to a little bit about my story and a little bit about healing and I'm willing to dive into any pockets of that, but yeah, that's the condensed version. Wow. Thank you for sharing. I just, yeah, like paints just, yeah, like you said, it's like the cliff notes. It's, it's a shortened version, but yeah, I just so feel your journey and everything you've moved through and the unraveling and, and all of that. That's just so powerful. And I'm reminded of, it's so fascinating the way the body talks, you know, it just is so correlated to what's happening within us. And that really struck me of like, wow, like after this intensive, the physical symptom shift. So yeah. And I want to say the kind of therapy I did wasn't just talk therapy, because I think it's really important that people know, like, I'm not saying go to therapy and your all your illnesses will be gone. Yeah, yeah. But what I am saying is what was going on with me was a manifestation of things I was repressing and things I hadn't dealt with. And like, the body does communicate to us and 
there was tons of literature and research on this, but the kind of therapy I did was EMDR and trauma therapy, net and energy healing. And so it was a beautiful combination of things that were somatic Mm -hmm. for trauma healing because I was working through actual trauma. It wasn't just like, I need to talk about this. And um, I then went to work with coaches to help move through a lot of the mindset and to work through the codependency that I had developed and the people pleasing and setting the boundaries. But the initial stage of my healing had to be trauma therapy. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad you highlighted that because I think yeah, that's huge. When there is trauma, it's it's like access through the body, and it's super important to work with someone who's really, um, yeah, an expert of of tapping into the nervous system and the body memory and, yes. and all of that. So that's I'm so glad you highlighted that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really so something that you've mentioned that are kind of lighting up for me are those pieces around self-worth and and people pleasing and i know it's so common common with women in particular to bump into those two areas and i know in my own journey self-worth has just been this really it's really interesting and i think other women experience it sort of like this too where it's like self-worth can also feel i mean i think a lot of our emotional experiences are are held in the body too, but for like self-worth in particular feels very somatic for me and feels like mm. often like, um, not just like thoughts, but like a cloud in your system and how your mm. body moves and, and all of that. And, um, yeah, I'm just wondering if you could touch on that, like your journey with self-worth or what you, you know, see happening in women a lot in your practice, just, yeah, touching on that. Cause I think it's such a great, just juicy, powerful topic. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is I was so avoiding claiming self-worth as what I was doing in my business. Mm. I don't know necessarily. I mean, I guess I could pinpoint, I felt like it was so, um, it felt so like cheesy to me, honestly. Uh huh. Like I was just like, Oh, self-worth, love yourself. And so <laughs> for the past <laughs> couple of years up until this year, actually, I didn't like talking about it. Like I was like worthiness, like whatever, like, and it was so funny. I had, um, my business coaches in the beginning of the year, Elise and Scott Grice of Hey Sweet Pea were like, you have to get clear about what you do for people. And I was just like, I don't want to own it. Like I just didn't right. want to. Um, but what I've come to realize is self-worth is is honestly just knowing who you are. And I don't mean like knowing your personality type. I think all those are excellent tools, but I think self-worth is so much, it's it's an identity and what you touched on with the somatic piece. And for anyone who doesn't know what somatic means, I mean, it's the, the relationship with the body, like the way, the orientation of how you're embodying something. And, um, with self-worth, it is beyond who we think we are and the things we believe and the the ways we identify. And this was what was so huge for me because, and maybe this is one of the reasons why I was avoiding it because a part of the message of the gospel of Christ is about how there's nothing you can do to earn the grace. And so Mm. I was kind of trying to stay away from sounding like that message, but the truth is that's true. There's nothing you can do to earn it, to, you can't fall from it. You can't run from it. Like the essence of who we are is 
worthiness. It like everything else is a piece of a persona. It's a piece of um, who we think we are, things that we're identified with. But if we strip down all of our beliefs, which are cha- which can change, right. um, pieces about our personality that can change. All the th- if we strip back our emotions that are ever changing, our thoughts that are ever changing. I mean, what we get down to is the soul and the essence of who we are is worthy. And I know that sounds like super spiritual and woo woo, but in the deconstruction of my faith and of basically all the the people that I thought I was in the past, I've realized that if I'm not my thoughts and if I'm not my belief system, and if I'm not identified with any certain group of people, um, if I'm not identified with my emotions, and if I'm not identified with the things that are changing, the only constant is the worthiness. The only constant is the fact that we're all connected. And there's like this deeper sense of inner peace, like that, that core sense of self. So, um, I've gotten super esoteric on you. (laughs) I'm into it. (laughs) But yeah, like what I essentially help women do is help them realize that the patterns and the programming and the identities that they're grasping onto are not who they actually are. Mm. And if, if they want to believe those things about themselves, great. Choose it from a conscious place because it serves you. And I think that's what was so great about my faith deconstruction is that it helped me realize that all of these identifiers, all of these things that I was holding onto as my identity, if, if they aren't who I was, then who the hell am I? without those things. And if I get to choose who I am, if I get to choose like how I show up in the world, why not choose things that serve? Why not choose things that help? Why not choose things that feel good? And to me, that's like, that's self-worth. So, um, Hmm. I have more practical things to say. (laughs) Yeah. I I love you. (laughs) Yeah. Dropping the esoteric pieces. Cause it, I just, I can, so relate to it and it's funny two things that are like coming up for me it's I just in my coaching practice has finally really landed on my like oh what I'm doing like I'm a self-love coach oh and I was so similar I was like oh god it's so cheesy <laughs> but I'm like wow that's like that's the essence of it and once I like have clicked into it so much is flowing now but I, I just can so relate to that and um there was one other piece I was going to share. Oh, about, you know, I, I love what you named of those two parts of, you know, your belief systems and really being in choice. And, and there's just the option there, like you get to choose. And then the like deeper layer of, of like the core of our worth isn't changeable or determined by what we believe about ourselves or what we do. It's just like mm-hmm. inherent and, and it's something I um, has helped me along that journey or like what clicked for me with that was for a while I was, I was working as a postpartum doula. So I was around babies like and, and a birth doula. But I was just around like babies all the time. And it was just this like, oh, when you see a baby come out, like they, they're just inherently worthy and lovable. Mm-hmm. Like they need help for everything. They're crying, but they're just like, that's how they come. And then this connection of like, 
oh, I'm that baby. And so is everyone around me. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I, I just so love that you're speaking to that place of it being just inherent. Like you can't do anything to make it go away or, you know, amp up. It just <laughs> is. Yeah. And it, it is so liberating. And I think what, once you get over that hump of it sounds cheesy or like, oh, that sounds like a a really cute quote. And what you mentioned about the <laughs> somatic piece is like, yeah. there's a sense of knowing these things. And I always tell the women I work with, there's a difference between, oh, I've heard that before and embodying it. Mm, yeah. Because like, oh, I don't, I know I, I'm not, my, my worth isn't dependent on how much money I make. And it's like, okay, but you're not acting like that. You're not embodying that in your life. You're still striving and hustling, improving and trying to, to show something. So right. therefore you're not embodying the worth it, because it's easy. And I was just speaking to one of my dear clients the other day about how my journey from one, really wanting to prove and show everyone in my life how I, I didn't need my old belief system to be okay. Like whenever I was first, you know, fresh out of changing some of my belief systems, I was very insecure in how I was showing up. And I was very hurt by everyone who disagreed with me. And mm. a lot of, you know, my friends would reach out, like I'm praying for you. And I would be so defensive and so upset about it. And I spent the last like year and a half learning to try to be unoffendable, which really comes back to like embodying your worth. Mm. And if you're shaken by everything everyone says, and this dear client I was speaking with was like, it's just so hard. And it was like, it is hard. And it's not always going to be hard to, to trust that. Right. Because it's not like saying, oh, well, if you just would know your worth, it's like, this is a process. This is something that we right. have to learn. <laughs> it's not just like you hear it, you believe it. And now all of a sudden you're embodying it it takes time and it takes practice and there are still areas of my life where I'm learning it. But I think in to bring it back to the piece about people pleasing is there's a sense of earning love to people pleasing. There's a sense of getting your worth from other people being happy with you with people pleasing and with codependency. I mean, that's a definitely a coping mechanism. Um, I I'd say the deeper root of people pleasing can come back to codependency and some learned patterns, which is, the, the very deep work of it. But a lot of it just also comes from learning to be okay with who you are and your decisions and knowing what you believe, knowing what you stand for, and then knowing how to communicate that physically, energetically with your words in a way that embodies love and grace and power without you having to prove anything to anyone. It's like it, one of my clients has talked about how in the beginning of working together, they were just trying to demand respect from their, their employees. Like, how do we demand respect? Oh, uh-huh. And it's like, oh, well, are you trying to earn respect? Are you trying to prove that you deserve to be in this position of authority? Or are you embodying respect because you know you're worthy of it? And that changes. And I'm not just talking about like embody it and it changes energetically. Yes, that's true. But also you show up differently. You communicate differently. You're stand, you're truly standing differently, speaking differently. And this isn't about like speak your truth and have no discernment and just like scream from the mountaintops. It's like right, right. whenever you know your worth, there's a sense of wisdom and discernment and spaciousness and groundedness there that changes the way you work and make money and show up for yourself and communicate your boundaries and also show and this is what we don't mention a lot with people pleasing. 
we also aren't always showing up for ourselves and for our purpose and for our vision the way we want to because of what other people think or because of not prioritizing ourselves and prioritizing other people's schedules, which again comes back to, do you believe that you're worthy of the time? And do you believe your vision is worthy of the time? And so this truly permeates every single area, which is why I, I've now gone from, I don't want to own this publicly to this is the only thing I can ever talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll stop riffing and see where you want to go with. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. And I think that's so, yeah, that piece of like the proving and demanding are, I find too, like those are kind of some, some signatures for me in my life and good clients too of like, Hmm, what's, what's going on there? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's, I've, I, in one of my courses recently, we were talking about being seen and like, like that sense of, I I need to be seen and I need to be heard in my relationship. And, Mm. and like we were, we were talking about, yes, that is a really real thing that helps relationships is when you feel seen and heard, you know, but like, I, you can't force that, you know, or the demanding respect of like, okay, you need to see me fully or you need to respect me fully. You know, it it doesn't, it doesn't work. And it's coming like underneath that you can, like you were naming, like it, it trails back to the, to the worth. And are you just standing in it and embodying it? So I love that you touched your worth. You're not putting up with as much bullshit. True. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) Also, some of the people that you're trying to get to see your worth, like they're not going to, they got to go. Right. Like yes. some people just aren't, they're just not safe people. Like some, and I'm not, I'm not a person who's like, cut everyone who doesn't get you out. Like right. I'm a firm believer that having a diverse group of friends who believe many different things is actually very healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we can all begin there because sometimes we have to protect ourselves in our new beliefs or in our new, right. in our new selves. But as we grow and embody our worth and step into who we are, the, I think the goal is more diverse conversations, more different kinds of people. But if people don't see your worth and are like, I would say toxic, like toxic, but I mean like behaving in a way that it doesn't work for you. Like it's okay to let those people go. Right. Right. When you're really embodying your worth, it's easier to let things like release things that just aren't aligned. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you, what would you say is, you know, if, you know, women who are listening and they're recognizing like, Ooh, that piece of embodying the worth, that's my next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd mentioned some practical things. Like what do you help women do on that like first step of embodying their self-worth? They're starting to dig into the deeper layers of it. Yeah. Well, it depends on, you know, what their starting point is, of course. So um I can just say a couple of things I like to do mm-hmm. with women and like but it, it definitely depends on the person and everyone's experience is so different, where they're at in their journey is so different. So I for one definitely think assessing where in your life you are letting other people, um, tell you what's good for you and like basically giving your power away. Because what I notice is that so even the most ambitious driven, 
seemingly powerful women, like people that you would scroll on Instagram and be like, Oh my God, she's got all her shit together. Like she's so right. right? Like, um, (laughs) because I do believe all of us are powerful, but the people that we perceive to be the ones who've got it all together, even them very, very often, because that's the, Oh, often the kind of women that I'm working with. And that's also myself. You know, people have told me since I was a child, you're so confident, but they didn't know what was happening under the surface. Mm. Um, So even women that you would never expect are still struggling, listening to their own voice above the people that they respect. They're still placing other people on pedestals above them, which is such the guru mentality, such the Mm -hmm. um, patriarchal hierarchical structure of doing things. Like there's a leader at the top. And I must not know as much as them. So I'm going to not listen to myself um, because I'm bad or I've made mistakes or, you know, whatever that belief is. It's usually I can't trust myself. I need to listen to this other person. So I I start really like by assessing where are we doing that and like, why, why are Mm -hmm. we doing that? Um, and who are those people? And also what do you perceive to be so good about that person? That's better than you. I was doing this for years, even in my friendships. Like I actually destroyed a lot of friendships in my life by seeing my friends as perfect and seeing myself as always the one who had to change, um, to make those relationships work. And Uh what I realized is I wasn't allowing other people to be people. You know, if you're putting someone on a pedestal, they're always going to fall off. But then also, feeling resentment in my relationships and with the, even some of the people that I had hired or, um, was like, I guess, following as far as like learning from, and they were like my teachers, my mentors, I gave too much of my power away because I didn't trust myself. Mm. And I see this happening all the time. And I think that goes hand in hand with the fear of what other people think. Like if, if you can't trust your own voice, and trust the things that you believe and feel in your gut, then you're not going to want to speak your truth and be honest about where you're at now. Um, I also love to look at all or nothing thinking, which is where I'm either good or bad, right? I'm either, Mm. I'm either successful or I'm just a total failure. And that is so often the case with the way we think about ourselves and the, the mistakes we make, or I messed up or I was out of integrity this one time. So I can't, again, I can't trust myself because mm. I'm bad or I'm broken or, um, so a lot of those things are the things I love looking at with my clients. And then in awaken her soul, my program, I love starting with what are the beliefs about your identity? Because so much of self-worth again, comes back to where do you, place your identity. And some of those things are true with a lowercase T. Um, like you're a mom, that's true. Or I'm a life coach, that's true. Or, you know, like whatever, whatever those things are, um, they're true, but there are some deeper truths that, um, we can live from, or even like the belief system. I used to say, I'm a Christian. That was true. But then that changed. And then who am I? So knowing, um, knowing where we're placing our identity. Um, and then again, that choice. So I'm, I'm going on and on and on, but, um, I think that <laughs> one more piece is like, yeah, the, the good things, the things that are working, like 
because again, with that lack of self-trust, like there are so many gifts that women like, and men, like all of us have that we're not owning because we feel like a fraud. Mm. Who am I to do this? Who am I to have this? Who am I to say this? And so like, once we get past a lot of the limiting beliefs, this is where I see a lot of women, like the next stage of their healing is like, they feel like they have something to say. They feel like they have something to share. They, they want to share their art or they want to launch a business. And then it's like, Oh, but like, but who am I to do that? I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't shine so bright. Um, so then there's a whole nother set of worthiness that comes into play once we get over the things that are holding us back as far as like things we really really want to let go of that aren't healthy mm-hmm. to I would say the even higher functioning uh limiting beliefs that we have right right yep I can so relate to those pieces and I love that yeah you're describing how it, it does so much goes back to trusting ourselves mm-hmm. and that those moments where you you know, you doubt yourself or dim yourself or yeah, like that good or bad, or, um, I've gone through my own journey of, of, and it can, it's so fascinating to me. It's like, there can be so many layers to it and it can be this like subtle, but very not subtle thing of where you give your power away or, you know, defer to someone else's opinion or, oh yeah, they must, you know, they must know. What do I know? It's just like, yeah, it's, it's so fascinating and so deep and like such important work, such like, yeah, such important work. So it gets real fun because like what I feel like once you get to a place where you're living in health, it actually is like my husband described to me, because I'm working with a coach uh, specifically around some some trauma, but like more of like the trauma response for myself, um, working uh-huh. with my coach and her husband, who's a trauma specialist. And my husband was like, it's just like this fine tuning at this point. Yeah. And I think that's what's so exciting is there is that deep layer of healing work where you're not functioning. And that's where I, you know, I was in trauma therapy and learning the boundaries 101 and how Mm -hmm. to try, how to know safe people. But what's really fun is that next space of, to me, that's embodying it in every area. It gets really exciting because you get to start fine tuning yourself and not in a way of from the fixing place, which is where this is again, a self-worth issue, a lot of people enter into self-help and religion from a place of I'm broken, something is wrong with me, I need to be fixed. But that is just so not the case. It's just the patterns that we've learned. And once, once we can really accept that we're not broken, it becomes like this fun journey of fine tuning and living in a a spaciousness and a freedom where like you're fine with your humanity and you're fine with the mistakes you make and you're fine with there being questions and they're not, not everything being perfect because it feels more like this game of curiosity and mystery and play. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it feels expansive and not like I'm broken and I'm trying to fix all these areas of my life. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm such a huge advocate of that. And yeah, that difference is, is huge of where it's coming from. So 
Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, it gets, it starts to get playful is kind of what I'm hearing you say. Like it starts to get playful and fine tuning and you're kind of almost experimenting and trying this and that. And I, um, yeah, I love that aspect of it too. I think, I think it can always be playful, but a lot of us come from backgrounds that were taught that it's wrong to love yourself or it's, you know, we're, we're not taught that our, who we are and our personal growth can be fun and playful and full of grace and love. I mean, we're, we're kind of right. taught, like you got to work for it. You know, it's not supposed to be fun. Right. It's but, so, yeah. So relate to that. It's like, I'm remembering for a while. I used to think like, I mean, I, I think there is, this is such a great conversation and I know we're winding down here, but I think this is such a great point because there is an aspect like you're saying, like when you're beginning, like you are doing these deeper layers, you know, like it is, Mm -hmm. you know, it is deep and yet like it doesn't need to be like for a while I was like punishing myself and it has to be so laborious and I have to be processing all the time. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there's, it actually, you can, you can enjoy the process, you know, give yourself a little permission to like enjoy it a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And like, I was just chatting with some of my, my coach friends, we kind of like get together and chat. And I was like, there's, there is so much deep work, but like, I think it's where that joy, where joy meets authenticity is where we like manifest our dream life and our dream business and all these things from, and I, I mean, manifest both from like a woo woo spiritual perspective and also from, again, I'm showing up different because I like my life. <laughs> like I'm showing yes. up different because I'm being who I am and that feels good. And yeah. it's also magnetic. Like people want to be around you because being around someone who feels good feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like attracting people who are positive. And, when it, and I don't mean positive from a place of like they're never negative. I mean positive, like good for you. Yeah. And yeah, like it can just, it can feel like life can feel good. It's yeah. not. Yes. Mm. Well, speaking of that, you know, with, with feeling good and recognizing, you know, the, the magnetics and um, like feeling that authenticity and feeling good. Um, like what's happening in your, in your work right now? Um, if people are feeling magnetized and really drawn to this sort of, really important work. Um, two things, like how do they connect with you? Where can they find you? And then what are, what's like up, coming up? What's down the pipeline with your work right now? Yeah. So thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, my website is madisonheadland.co. Um, you can type.com, but someone owns that and it's not me and nothing is there. So <laughs> you're not going to find anything if you go there. Co, um, on Instagram, I'm just Madison Headland on there. And um, essentially, like my business is, is pretty cut and dry. I mean, like I'm posting on Instagram like pretty regularly, but if you want like the juice, the good stuff, I am doing a 10 week series on like unveiling your authentic magic through the end of the year. And that's going to be all about, you know, feeling the hard things and at the same time, finding that joy and being who you are, how to speak your truth, what it looks like to live in integrity. So that's just kind of a fun little project. There's no like real end goal with that except for just to be of service and to have great conversations. So if people are interested in that, I send a weekly email 
for that. And um, I have a free boundaries video series that is available. And so that you, also you can find on my website. But um, for Black Friday, I've never done a Black Friday sale before, but I'm going to be putting my full boundaries e-course that I created on sale for Black Friday because I know the holidays can be really rough <laughs> and mm-hmm. extra boundaries and just really practical. I mean, I'm talking about a communication framework, how to notice yourself people pleasing, like boundaries 101. And it seems really simple, but these are tools and practices that are not esoteric. They're very, very cut and dry because we need both. Like we need to own our worth, but we also need practical skills to embody that in our life. And we do that through practice. So um, my boundaries e-course will be on sale. I don't know if I'm ever going to sell it again. Um, It's something that um, is just kind of like a fun thing I love sharing here and there. So um, yeah, that'll be on sale until December 4th. And um, after that, I mean, my signature program, Awaken Her Soul, will open again in the spring. So definitely just keep your eye out for that and my coaching I, I don't know if I'll have any spots open when this airs, but you're definitely always able to inquire about that and connect with me. So to, start, to sum it up, the boundaries, free videos, the boundaries e-course that'll be on sale, and then just get on my email list for the muse letters I send because I really do pour my heart and soul into serving people on my list. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And yeah, it just seems like holidays, like perfect time for yes. boundaries work. Hello. Like, Seriously. Really, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm yep. not even doing Christmas with family this year. We're going on vacation. <laughs> so, nice. Not that yeah. it's bad to do Christmas with family, but um, right. we decided to set our own tradition this year. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Boundaries and family, it's going to look different for every person, but it is like it's a it's a muscle that needs, you need to take it to the gym and practice it and, you know, go for it. It's It's like, Oh, it's not like you set boundaries and then you're good. It's like, yeah, you never have to do it again. Yeah. Yes. And then in every new stage, you will have new boundaries. And so just practical skills are so good to fall back on. Yes. Oh, I love that. And yeah, having support and a guide and, and just, something I, like, I love that it's so practical like here are the steps here's here's where to start so I just so celebrate that you're offering that and I know I'll definitely check it out and I hope everyone that listens will will take advantage of it that sounds really awesome yeah. well thank you so much I appreciate it yes well thank you Madison for being on this episode and on the show, I, um, yeah, I feel so lit up from our conversation and just so vibe with the work you're doing. And, um, yeah, so grateful for you taking the time in the midst of your, of your move and, and your life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in and dropping in with us today. It's my prayer that our conversation nourished you and brought you closer home to yourself. Be sure to check out the show notes for resources and links that we mentioned during uh, the show today, along with a link on how to become a supporting member of the podcast, which, by the way, honestly includes some really freaking cool perks. And if you'd like this podcast and its message to reach more sisters, be sure to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. With loads of love and aloha, bye for now.